0: oxytocin the cuddle hormone brings us feelings of well-being and connectedness today we're going to talk about ways that you can hack your biochemistry and boost oxytocin production even if you're alone or have to stay six feet away from any potential cuddle partners and these kinds of things will work if you're in a relationship and with someone as well We're also gonna talk a little bit about what could be going on if sex is physically painful for you and what you might be able to do about it, all in today's episode. But first, just a reminder that Relationship Alive is my offering to you so that you can have the best relationships possible. If you are finding the show to be helpful for yourself or for someone that you care about, please consider a donation to support our mission and help ensure that we can continue. Every little bit counts, and you can choose whatever feels right for you by just visiting neilsatin.com slash support or texting the word support to the number 33444 and following the instructions. And this week, I would like to thank Angie, Jules, Cynthia, Anne, Maribeth, Kent, Sarah, and Dave. Thank you all so much for your generous and for many of you ongoing support of Relationship Alive and our mission. Also, there has never been a better time to learn how to communicate better in your relationship. So there are a couple options for you. First, my free guide. If you haven't grabbed it yet, to my top three relationship communication secrets. When you put these things into practice, you're well on your way to staying connected no matter how challenging the conversation you're trying to have, no matter how soft and sweet the conversation you're trying to have. These three secrets will um, make a huge difference in your ability to get connected and stay intimate no matter what you're talking about. So to download the free guide, just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Second, I've decided for now to reopen the doors to my full secrets of relationship communication course. It's three and a half hours of video material, and I created the course to give you all the ways that you can improve the communication in your relationship without your partner having to change anything, though when you change the ways that you do the communication dance in your relationship, your partner is going to change, too. It's just what happens. I also point out all the things that won't improve your communication in your relationship, so you don't waste your time on things that aren't going to be effective for you in an intimate relationship. Now, it's still in the beta version, though the final version will be coming out sometime soon in the coming months. But since I'm still working on the final version, you can grab the beta at a discount and you'll still get the final version when it's done. So just visit neilsatin.com slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E, to join and improve the communication, intimacy, and connectedness in your relationship. And lastly, if you're looking for a place to find other people who listen to the podcast, to chat about relationships, and get support in a safe space, you can join the free Relationship Alive community on Facebook. And uh, I just did a Facebook Live there last week. That was really fun, went really well. I answered a lot of questions. And that's the kind of thing that I do every so often for people who are in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. All right. I think that's it. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. It's an interesting world that we're living in right now with social distancing or sheltering in place happening in most parts of the world to combat the spread of COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic that's affecting the world. And I think that there's probably... Not many of us who can escape the impact that it's having on the degree of closeness and intimacy that we're experiencing with the people in our lives. And if there aren't people in our lives, like if we're single or solo or if we're separated from people who are important to us, then it brings a whole different dimension to it, potentially loneliness and uh, missing out on the benefits of even just connection with close friends or going out on dates. And then, of course, um, those of us who are cooped up together, um, that has its benefits and also its challenges as well. So it's an interesting time. And for the past several weeks, I've wanted to give you a wealth of resources to help you get through this time staying sane, staying connected, and feeling connected not only to yourself, but to the people in your life that matter. Today, we're going to cover a special subject. We've talked on the show before about oxytocin, which is sometimes labeled the the love hormone. It may be a bit of a misnomer if you really dive into the scientific literature, but what we do know about oxytocin is that it is one of the chemicals that is in our bodies and is primarily responsible for pair bonding. And it is also a chemical that helps us feel really good. And when we are connecting to ourselves or to others, we can enter into blissful states of transcendence, which are different than the ways that we feel when we're focused on activities that are more dopamine driven. So a long time ago, in episode 37, we had Sue Carter on the show, who was one of the leading researchers who discovered oxytocin and its effects on pair bonding. She was studying prairie voles at the time, but since that research has gone on to uh, to cover what happens within humans as well as prairie voles, and uh, if you want to listen to that episode, you can visit com slash oxytocin. Now, I wanted to have someone new on the show. Um, we were This person actually happens to be a friend of mine, and we were talking the other day, and she mentioned to me that she knew a lot of ways to foster oxytocin within us during these times of social distancing. So... I thought it would be great to have her on the show to talk to you about these special techniques. Her name is Dr. Jessica Zager, and she's a doctor of pelvic health physical therapy. She's also a sex counselor and a sex educator. She is one of the five uh, physical therapists certified by ASECT, which is the American Association of Sexual educators counselors and therapists she's one of the only five physical therapists certified by them in the entire world which is pretty amazing and so she's here to share her vast knowledge of this particular narrow topic and we'll get also a a sense of some of the other things that jessica does as well um but she is in my experience a profoundly kind and generous soul who has lots to offer the world um i know that she does sex counseling um for people who have pain during intercourse or who have trouble with um desire or libido um, and arousal she also works with people in around uh, gender identity and she's friendly to um, no matter where you are on the uh, gender spectrum or the kink spectrum, she is a open-minded, open-hearted person who is doing great work in the world. It's a pleasure to know her and call her one of my friends. And Dr. Jessica Zager, it's a pleasure to have you here today on Relationship Alive.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you, Neil. Thank and you for that very generous introduction.
0: You are welcome, and you deserved every word of it. Um, I just want to let you know that we will have a transcript of this episode, as always. You can get that if you visit neilsatin.com slash oxyboost, that's O-X-Y as in oxytocin and boost, B-O-O-S-T. And uh, the things that we're going to talk about today, uh, Jessica also put together a little cheat sheet guide that you can download um, that'll have it all listed out in a condensed form for you. Um, and you can get that if you visit her website, which is drjzager.com. That's D-R-J and then her last name is Zager, which is Z-A-G-E-R.com. And you'll be able to download the, uh, free cheat sheet to all the things that we're going to talk about today to boost your oxytocin in a world where we have to stay six feet apart, um, from each other, um, and I was just seeing, uh, Jessica, an article today that, you know, had this picture of people who were like all hanging out on their, like in their pickup trucks and, you know, in their backyards, and they were six feet apart from each other. And apparently, this is not what they mean by social distancing. Like the idea is if you go out in the world, stay six feet away from people, but you're not supposed to just like, hang out with people staying six feet away from them, that kind of defeats the purpose. And, and you might still we don't know enough to know if, if that over a longer period of time would expose you to something from that person or expose them to something from you. Correct. So um, it's really important, I think, to be observing um, these, uh, what do we call them, orders from on high, but I really they're really kind of orders from within because we're trying to take care of each other. And at the same time, we don't want to miss out on... Some of the most treasured aspects of the human experience, the ways that we feel connected to ourselves and to each other. And uh anyway, that's why you're here. So
1: and I think that's why this has been one of the reasons why this has been so difficult for people right now is is because we're in the midst of this global, like worldwide pandemic. And we're being forced to be apart and it's necessary and it's beneficial and it's what we all need to do in order to help slow the spread to as they say flatten the curve so that we're not overwhelming the healthcare system um with as many hospitalizations and um you know crisis situations at one time um but the drive for human connection is so strong that I think it's, it's easy for people to, you know, do things like you just said, and, and convince themselves that, well, as long as I'm six feet apart from my friends, we can hang out. Um, But you're absolutely right. We don't know We don't know a lot about this virus, and we don't know exactly how it's transmitted. We keep hearing over and over again that if you are within six feet of somebody for 15 minutes, um, that puts you at a greater risk for catching the coronavirus, Um, but we don't know about extended periods of time near others, but greater than that six feet.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And I I like what you're bringing up that um there's such a drive within us to connect. And I think for many of us we don't realize just how pervasive if we're if we are people who are connectors, we don't realize just how much we get from bumping into a friend every so often and getting and giving a big hug or um or if you're dating like that even if you're just going out And you don't have like a a steady partner. Just that act of being out with someone is igniting something in us that helps sustain us.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, whenever we are in close contact with people, especially people that we care about to begin with, um, that will help to help our brains to start to release oxytocin. And as you mentioned, sometimes it's called the love hormone. It's also nicknamed the cuddle hormone, which I think is a little bit more accurate than the love hormone.
0: The challenge, though, is in this world, it the state of things as they are right now, it's challenging to do the things that would typically ignite oxytocin. But I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about why we care. Like, why focus on oxytocin in the first place? Why would we want to produce that within ourselves? And also, I just want to mention to you listening that um, we're going to go over these things. We happen to be in a time of pandemic right now, but these are things that will be helpful for you no matter when you're listening to this episode um, because they're the kinds of things that are always there as a resource for you to boost your own... Uh, inner experience and reserves uh, of the cuddle hormone, as Jessica was just mentioning. So, yeah, why? Why do we care? Why do we want to boost oxytocin within ourselves?
1: When oxytocin is released in our brains, it fosters an increased sense of well being um, and a, se- a sense of social connection. Like, we're not just isolated beings that exist and are walking around in the world that we're actually connected to a larger network of, of others. Um, and so oxytocin helps to, to really drive that sense of connection to those around us. Um, and I think that's, that's really important because part of that drive you know, helps us to be responsible for caring about others in times like this. And so it's kind of a a catch 22. But, you know, right now, the best thing we can do to care for others is to stay away from people. Yet when we're with people, that's what helps us to care more about others and, and create that sense of connection with others.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's super complicated, <laughs> and the, yeah. the intricacies and in how we're how we're interwoven with each other, and uh, and it also strikes me too that the ways that our desire for connection might lead us to choose irresponsibly if we really start to feel like we're at a deficit. Um, that I could see that being another reason why we might want to supplement our internal production of oxytocin so that we aren't doing anything stupid for the sake of a hug or a cuddle.
1: Yes. And there are many, many other benefits that are derived from oxytocin um, that can help us get through this time of social distancing and fear and worry um, about our loved ones and ourselves. So it also helps to, um, it helps to decrease our blood pressure. It helps to decrease our anxiety. Um, in general, it helps to mitigate stress levels. So oxytocin is actually released during stressful situations to help counteract that stress response, which obviously would be a beneficial thing right now. For sure. Um, and it also, you know, you already mentioned pair bonding, um, which that, I think, is, you know, a, a lovely benefit, but also maybe one that is is difficult <laughs> right now. <laughs> but um, it helps to decrease our sensitivity to pain. And one of my favorite benefits is because it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, um, it helps to improve our gut motility and our gut health and relieve constipation. Uh-huh. So as a pelvic floor PT, I, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, you have like the sneaky side benefit of helping keep yeah, people better. healthy and regular.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and that just makes everyone feel better. So,
0: For sure, for sure. Can you talk a little bit about what you do as a, I know that it's only one aspect of what you do as a pelvic floor, uh, pelvic health physical therapist. What yeah. What does that even mean? I know it's a very specialized thing that not a lot of people do.
1: It is. It's a specialized field of physical therapy that, focuses on the muscles between your hips that are responsible for bowel, bladder, and sexual function. And so as a pelvic health physical therapist, I specialize in helping individuals improve and enhance their bladder, bowel, and or sexual function Because oftentimes a lot of issues can be interconnected. For example, when I treat people with pain with sex, it's not uncommon to have constipation as a side effect as well. Um, But we don't often think about, you know, our bowel movements being related to our sexual function. Um, But as a pelvic floor PT, it really helps, you know, give me a perspective on how the human body works and not just as an isolated unit, but because I help people with sexual dysfunction and pain with sex, I'm also looking at their connections with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's not a uh... It's not a closed system, those things are often you know we're we're being impacted by the people that we're with, as well as whatever physical condition just happens to be occurring in our bodies. exactly, yeah um, so and just just you know this is something that will maybe we'll have you back on the show to talk about painful intercourse because I know that that's a problem for a lot of women um having pain during sex what you know for a woman who's experiencing that and thinks like well that's just how it is or you know my doctor can't see anything wrong like there's no irritation there's no obvious sign of like why I should be having pain like I've heard that from women um in the past um can you just give us a a teaser of like what is sometimes going on in a situation like that, and and how the work that you do can actually help?
1: Yes, definitely. So, um, what you just said is is a very common experience for women experiencing pain with sex. Um, but I will tell you that pain is not normal unless it's a planned part of. The sex that you want to be having. And so, um, pain during penetration, for example, or pain with clitoral stimulation is never normal. Um, And so, if you are experiencing those symptoms, I urge you to see your doctor. And they might, to be honest, they might not even know what pelvic floor physical therapy is, but in my experience, if you ask for it, you will get it. So um, most physicians, especially if they're scratching their head, trying to figure out why you're experiencing these symptoms, are very open to um, referring you to pelvic floor physical therapy. And when Somebody comes to me from a physician who has been having pain with sex, and there doesn't seem to be a known cause. There's always a cause; it just hasn't been identified yet. So it's not in your head. It's not something that um, you know is you're doing subconsciously. And what I do as a pelvic floor PT is I will help to assess your pelvic floor muscles to see if there's something going on with the muscles themselves that are contributing to your symptoms. So when a gynecologist looks at somebody's vagina who's having pain with sex, they usually push they move the muscles out of the way with the speculum to take a look at the organs so they're mainly concerned with how does the cervix look how does the uterus look you know they might do a scan to see if there's anything going on that they can identify with the ovaries or if there are any cysts that they think might be um contributing to your symptoms but if they can't find anything wrong with the organs then the next step should be referring you to a pelvic floor physical therapist who can assess your muscles to see if there is um, any increased tension in the muscles that is actually contributing to your symptoms.
0: Got it. And then I got to think that Someone here, I know the answer to this, but someone's probably wondering, well, what do you do? Like, how do you actually treat that? What's that yeah. experience like?
1: So what I do is when somebody comes to my office, I um, I do an examination. But the type of examination that I do does not involve a speculum. I use one gloved lubricated finger, either vaginally or Um, anally, depending on where the pain is and other factors, to first of all, see how the muscles function. Um, Are they contracting well? Are they relaxing well? Do they know how to alternate between the two? How strong are they? How coordinated are they? And so I gather all of this information about the muscles and their function. And then based on that information, there are often, you know, patterns of things that I see happening when somebody has painless sex. Usually there, there can be increased muscle tension, there can be trigger points in the pelvic floor muscles, just like you can get trigger points, you know, in your shoulder, if you sleep on your on one side for too long at night, or you sleep with your arm up and then you wake up with a big knot on your shoulder and a, and a headache for the rest of the day, the same thing can happen in the pelvic floor. And so as soon as we can identify what's going on, we can then address that specific component of the muscle function and treat it. Um, and so I use A lot of manual techniques using my hand. Um, Sometimes we'll do something called dilator therapy, which involves using graduated size wands in the vagina to gently stretch the muscles. I also do dry needling in the pelvic floor into trigger points. And that can really be beneficial as well.
0: Wow. Wow. So there are all kinds of possibilities for how you would treat that. And you've, uh, just, you know, we, we said beforehand that we weren't going to go down this road, but it's so (laughs) interesting. Here we are. Um, and I, and if people are listening and, and this is impacting them, I, I guess I want them to have a sense of what the course of treatment is like. So what you, everything that you said is super helpful. Um, do people recover? like people who have had painful sex and had it not known what's causing it and been able to work with the pelvic floor physical therapists? Do they get to a place where they don't experience pain during sex?
1: Yes, they do. And it's usually very, very successful. So um, I, I highly encourage anybody that's having pain with sex to please build up the courage to see a pelvic floor PT. I know it takes a lot of guts to go because this is a very um, emotionally charged type of pain. And um, the idea of this therapy can sound very foreign to a lot of people because they haven't ever experienced anything like this before. But I will tell you that the people that come to pelvic floor PT almost always get better wow. when it' comes to pain with sex so um, it's you know if this is something you're you're really struggling with I highly encourage you to find a pelvic floor PT in your area
0: great great I'm glad that we I'm glad we talked about that and now when I have a weird pain down there I'll just know that I slept <laughs> on my pelvic floor funny
1: exactly <laughs>
0: I just need some treatments And um, this-
1: Worth being said, too, but men also have painless sex and and I treat men as well as women, so it's not hmm. just women that have painless sex, men can also have painless sex as well, but again that that could be a whole other podcast.
0: I was wondering about that. I could imagine that would also potentially impact their erectile function and oh yeah, um, or their ability to orgasm and all of that, yeah, okay, yeah. Good stuff, Jessica. Jessica, we need to take a quick break to talk about this week's sponsors, and then we'll get right back. Our first sponsor has a special offer for you to help you get exactly the kind of support that you need as you're creating a web of support for yourself. And especially now with everything that's going on in the world to take a little time out and take care of yourself. So one way that allows you to connect with a professional counselor online in an environment that's safe and private is today's sponsor, BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. Along with scheduling video or phone sessions, you can also chat and text with your therapist. They're affordable and financial aid is available for those who qualify. They have more than 3,000 counselors and therapists available worldwide so whether it's just general anxiety depression your relationship grief stress anything that's going on with you right now whatever it is definitely consider better help as a way to help you transform the places where you are stuck or feeling under pressure and best of all, it is truly an affordable option because as a Relationship Alive listener, you get 10% off your first month with a discount code ALIVE. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com ALIVE. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and to get you matched with a counselor you'll love. That's BetterHelp.com ALIVE. Now, if you've spent any time around me, you may know that it's important to me to smell good, or at least to not smell bad, without overpowering other people with fragrance and without subjecting myself to any harsh chemicals. And even now, though I'm operating in this world of social distancing and staying at least six feet away from just about everyone except my children, um, it's still important to me to smell good. I notice the days that I've not taking care or paying attention to that. And it actually makes a difference to me in my own socially distanced life to smell good to me. So that's where our second sponsor, Native Deodorant comes in with fewer ingredients that are easy to pronounce and found in nature and completely free of aluminum. They offer free returns and exchanges in the USA, so there's no risk to try them and they become in a wide variety of subtle enticing scents for men and women along with an unscented and baking soda free varieties if you have sensitivities they've had more than 9000 positive reviews and you know that i've put native deodorant to the test i've told you about trying them out without even having a shower and having it work all through the day so it's definitely something that you can count on to keep you smelling good no matter what is going on in your life. And uh, they also are uh, re-releasing toothpaste as well. So now they have a couple minty flavors of toothpaste that are available to you also without any harsh chemical ingredients. And they have a special offer for you. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code ALIVE during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase when you visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code ALIVE. And now let's get back to our conversation with Dr. Jessica Zager. So we'll have you back at some point to talk more about that. And of course, you can always visit, um, Jessica's site, drjzager.com, um, to find out more about that. Um, and let's, let's go back to, let's pivot back to talking about oxytocin. And, uh, here we are. We, I think we made a pretty good case for why it's a good idea to want to boost your own oxytocin in this time of feeling particularly disconnected from others, potentially. And um, and then these are things that you'll be able to always use as a resource for yourself. So um, to boost your well-being, your sense of connectedness. Um, as a side note, I was reading some of the literature before we spoke, and I saw that in one study, people who were given like a nasal spray of oxytocin, they were actually less friendly to people that they perceive to be outside of their social group or outside of their clan. So if you start doing these things and then find yourself feeling particularly xenophobic or something like just know that it's the oxytocin at work that you haven't suddenly become someone who doesn't like people other than you. Um, But I I didn't read enough to know if that was like a widespread phenomenon or if that was just something they happen to notice in this one study. So, proceed with caution as you boost your oxytocin, um, but don't let it stop you because I think the benefits outweigh the risks. I would agree. Um, neither one of us is a medical doctor. I'm just going to point that out right now. To note. Yes. Though yeah. so you are a doctor of physical therapy and that took lots and lots of training. So, important to know, plus your ASEC certification. All right, so let's get into the good stuff, Jessica.
1: Where do we start
0: with boosting our own oxytocin?
1: So one of the first things that you can do to boost oxytocin is give yourself like a nice, lovely, light massage. Sometimes I call it tickling, but it's not the tickling that, you know makes you want to squirm away from somebody. It's like, it's like lightly brushing and stroking your skin. Mm. And, um, this can be done all over your body. This can be done on your scalp. You know, if you have one of those head massagers that looks like, it has little little like, spider
0: leg thingies. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it goes on your head and kind of massages your scalp. That's a fantastic thing. Or you can just like get some nice lotion or oil. You can make it into a whole a whole self care experience, but lightly stroking your skin, that light pressure is is important for stimulating the release of oxytocin in your hypothalamus.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. feels really good.
1: Yeah, it does feel good.
0: This reminds me actually of something else, which is that um, when light touch massage is something that was encouraged as part of the natural childbirth or hypnobirthing courses that i did with my first wife before my kids were born and because oxytocin also is part of what can encourage um uterine contractions during labor right like that's like pitocin that people give to bring to uh, encourage childbirth to begin is actually oxytocin that's being applied um, in the body right
1: Definitely. So oxytocin is Greek for swift birth. Oh. <laughs> and so it's most known for its effects on labor and facilitating labor and um, giving birth and allowing, you know, the uterus to contract to make that happen. So, um, yeah, it's, you're spot on with that.
0: Yeah, so if you're in the late stages of pregnancy, maybe talk to your doctor before you do some of these things just in case. Though I will say that, you know, I remember practicing light touch massage on my wife at the time and nothing bad happened. In fact, it was a nice part of our nighttime ritual together was practicing for, for the main event.
1: Do you do that for an extended period of like a certain period of time before her due date?
0: Um, well, the, the purpose was, I believe, to really just kind of perfect the technique. I'm really good at light touch massage. And, uh, <laughs> and also to, because you want to be able to, to rely on those things when you're in the intensity of labor and birthing, which can be pretty intense. So, um, so having that as like a set thing that you can rely on. Um, I don't remember there being a specific length of time. I think we would often like do a little meditation or something, um you know, imagining the different colors of the rainbow or something while we were while we were uh or really while I was doing. I was giving the light touch massage. I didn't get much light touch massage during that mm-hmm. time. I have to say, I'm making up for the deficit right now during this interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you can continue with the light touch massage.
0: All right, I'm going to continue while we keep talking.
1: Uh, yeah, So, um, I'm going
0: to feel very connected to you by the end of this conversation.
1: <laughs> well, oxytocin actually like helps people feel connected to the source of the stimulation. Oh. So. so how about that? Part of me wonders if. That can be extrapolated to, you know, if you're doing these techniques on yourself, really fostering a, self, a sense of kind of self-love. Um, I at least like to think that it would.
0: Yeah. I think we should have everyone report back after you've been light touch massag- massage yourself for a week. Not constantly, but, you know, over the course of a week. <laughs> and then report back to how much you love yourself just from that alone. But we're going to give you more. Yes. So, okay. So,
1: also stimulating the inside of your mouth. Oh. So, the, your oral mucosa
0: uh-huh.
1: can facilitate oxytocin. So, you can do this with sucking behaviors, again, this kind of goes back to labor, but also breastfeeding. So, um, but sucking behaviors like gum, hard candy, using a water bottle with a nozzle, sucking on ice, um, hell go buy a pacifier. Like whatever gets you through this COVID-19 is fair game. There's no judgment here. Um, right. It's
0: all going to be happening in the privacy of your own home anyway. So,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, You can massage the inside of your mouth with an electric toothbrush, um, massaging your gums with it, the inside of your mouth with it. Um, but gargling is a way to also stimulate the inside of your mouth and your hard palate. And the hard palate is connected to the vagus nerve which is the nerve that's responsible for the parasympathetic nervous system which is our rest digest um chill out nervous system right which is wh- one of the reasons why oxytocin helps us decrease our stress decrease our anxiety decrease our blood pressure wow
0: Yeah, um, and I don't think we mentioned this on the show. I think enough time has passed that I can mention it now that, um, the, you know, one of the leading researchers around the, um, the polyvagal theory, as he calls it, Steve Porges, um, he's actually married to Sue Carter, um, the oxytocin woman. And, um, and Steve was on the show as well, talking about, um, polyvagal theory. And uh, and its role in helping us stay regulated and and uh, feeling safe under stress or in relationship. Um, he was on an episode thirty four of the podcast, in case you were curious. But that's so interesting about the hard palate. I didn't realize that it was part of that that it was wired into that system.
1: Yeah. I know, and also gargling is shown to help with upper respiratory tract infections, so it's kind of a
0: win-win, yeah, yeah, salt water, I think can be good, so,
1: yeah, nice salt water, sea salt water gargle,
0: yeah, and a little mouthwash in case you are stuck (laughs) with someone, they might appreciate that as well, (laughs) awesome,
1: um. Another thing that you can do is make yourself warm. So literal warmth, like t- for example, the easiest way to do this is maybe taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Right. So y- you can create your own oxytocin ritual, like COVID nineteen social distancing. I feel lonely ritual where you would take a bath and maybe you come out of the bath and you use oil on your skin and you lightly stroke your, your skin and then you brush your teeth and you gargle and you go to bed. And so all of those things will, would help to stimulate the release of oxytocin.
0: I like it. And I think it's so interesting that One, there are probably a lot of people who are doing that sort of thing anyway and and not totally getting like why it's so beneficial for them. Yeah. Um, And I also think that in general self-care practices like that, when there's more attention paid to the intention behind it. So even if it's your ritual to like have a bath and brush your teeth and gargle, Like knowing just just knowing that that is going to be boosting your oxytocin, I think enhances the effect of that on your physiology.
1: I agree. I think we tend to go through our our rituals without thinking about what we're doing and without being present during these activities and really feeling what does it feel like when I brush my gums? What does it feel like when I apply lotion to my skin? What does it feel like when I'm taking a bath? Because our minds are, are in so many other places typically. And right now it's really easy to do that with, you know, if you're constantly looking at the news and um, it can be difficult to to get in the moment. But if you use these guidelines, these these ways to kind of biohack your your oxytocin as almost like, you know, kind of meditations in and of themselves, like to, to practice being in the moment and experiencing what you're feeling in that moment. Um, You're going to get multiple benefits from doing something as simple as brushing your teeth or gargling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't, wait till tonight with my kids where we go to do our self-love ritual, which they, they like to do as quickly as possible. And i am be like, no, this is how you love yourself, kids. We're going to really brush our <laughs> teeth tonight. And now brush your gums. Like, See what that's like. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And I'll set them up for a lifetime of self-love and hopefully cavity-free teeth. <laughs>
1: There's there's a myriad of benefits. <laughs> um, another thing that you, that somebody can do to release oxytocin is fostering positive, warm interactions, and those interactions don't have to be in person. So, FaceTiming with somebody you care about and the research was very particular about this in that it works best if you're talking with somebody you have strong warm feelings towards you know if you have a tumultuous relationship with your your mother or your father and you're facetiming with them that's not going to help you release oxytocin <laughs> in the way that, you know... Really Sorry,
0: mom. <laughs> talk to you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> um, but... <laughs> so choose wisely.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like that. And that connects in with, um, you know, one of the techniques that I often offer people for regulation is this heart-centered breathing technique that, um the HeartMath Institute promotes. So it's all about um, increasing your heart rate variability as a way to to downregulate your system. And uh, one important part of that technique is to focus on an image of a scene or a person that brings you joy. Um, so it strikes me that, that it makes sense that that's an important part of choosing wisely around who you're FaceTiming with, that... Like think about who brings joy to your life and make sure that person's on your, on your speed dial.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sure.
0: Do we even have speed dial anymore. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that exists. <laughs> those those
1: outdated term. <laughs> I don't program. I know you can program people into your phone buttons or can't.
0: Can you? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. even know.
1: <laughs> Now we just talk at our phones.
0: That's right. I just let Siri handle that for me.
1: That's what she's for.
0: Yeah. She manages my Rolodex.
1: (laughs) Again, another very outdated term.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, I don't think, however, that Siri is very good at fostering it. For the number of times that I've sat... With my kids, or I'll admit alone, trying to get Siri to respond in ways that are connecting and amusing. (laughs) I I don't think, I wouldn't recommend that you rely on Siri or Alexa to foster your oxytocin needs.
1: No, there hasn't, (laughs) we have yet to have a lot of research about, um, the release of oxytocin in human robot interactions, but I don't think there's a lot of empathy and warmth coming from Siri and Alexa.
0: Not yet. Although we probably just had everyone's, you know, iPhones and <laughs> Amazon devices, like going a little bit haywire they're If you're sorry about that, if you're listening to this, you know, you'll apologize to Siri and Alexa for us later. <laughs> Okay, so we've got we've got a pretty good list. What what else yeah. comes to mind?
1: So this is something I know you do very well, um, and that's singing. Oh. So singing out loud, like with gusto,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for twenty minutes helps to release oxytocin, and for
0: twenty minutes,
1: twenty minutes. That's what the research says. Um, It helps to release our oxytocin and foster increased feelings of happiness and decreased feelings of sadness and worry. So cool. I don't know, four or five songs.
0: Yeah, I can do that.
1: Yeah, that's
0: easy. I mean, not right this instant, but <laughs> I did just put something on that the quarantine karaoke group on Facebook. I don't know if that was actually started by someone here in Maine where I live. Um, last time I checked, it had over 150,000 members now. Um, but it's, it's a Facebook group where people are singing popular songs to each other doing karaoke style. Um, now we know like, it's isn't that interesting, like because not to necessarily be promoting Facebook here, but as a way to stay connected during these times and add in the singing component, yeah. it makes sense why people are responding so so much to that.
1: It really does, and I I always find it amazing how as humans we tend to figure out ways to to create what we need like what our bodies are lacking or missing without even really realizing it. And Mm. I see a lot in pelvic floor PT, people will come in and say, I started doing this particular stretch, or I started doing this other thing and I don't know why. And there will be a very good explanation why they've done that. And it will be something that I often recommend people do in their situation And it's just amazing how our bodies figure out what they need.
0: Yeah, there's this innate intelligence. Especially if we're listening.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: I like that one, singing.
1: And then this next one is you know, I alluded to it earlier when we were talking about sucking, but, um, nipple stimulation is a really big one. So uh, like labor and breastfeeding are kind of the two, you know, the two activities most associated with releasing oxytocin and, um, So stimulating your own nipples can be a way to facilitate oxytocin release and create that sense of well-being and closeness and decrease stress and anxiety and all of those wonderful juicy benefits of oxytocin um, in the comfort of your own home. So, you know, I... I was looking to see if this was just studied in women or if this was studied in men as well, because as we know, men have nipples. Yes. Um, We don't know why. I just discovered
0: mine. (laughs) Just this moment.
1: (laughs) Surprise, you have nipples. Um, But there is some research to show that nipple stimulation in men works the same way as it does in women, even though men don't breastfeed. So, um, stimulating your own nipples can, can really help to release that hormone. Um, I was also reading this really interesting article about nipple stimulation that was, um, conducted at Rutgers and published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, um, about how nipple stimulation lights up the same part of the brain as, literal stimulation, um, or stimulation of the vagina or the cervix. So that kind of helps to explain why nipple stimulation for some people and in men too, the nipple stimulation lit up the same part of the brain as the genital, as the genitals. So that kind of helps to explain why for some people nip, nipple stimulation is, feels really good, um, and can even lead to orgasm. And, um, but also aside from that, it is a really big, you know, avenue for releasing oxytocin. So, um, even if generally your nipples aren't very sensitive or you haven't really enjoyed nipple play in the past, doing it for non-sexual purposes and, for, for kind of mitigating the effects of social distancing, um, it can be really effective for this particular reason.
0: Is there a preferred way to, or length of time or?
1: There wasn't a length of time associated with it, um, in the research. And when they study it, they often like look at, um, you know, kind of actions that mimic like a pulling or sucking kind of like a baby's mouth would do on the nipple. Um, But, you know, there are multiple, I would say like, again, do what feels good and, and play with it and your body will kind of lead you in the right direction.
0: Trust your body. Got it. Well, I've been, while you've been talking, I've been <laughs> experimenting with all these different ways of playing with my own nipples. This is a very interesting interview. I <laughs> can't say I've played with my nipples while I've <laughs> spoken to anyone else before, but I feel comfortable with you, Jessica. So thank you for giving me this experience.
1: Said as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: Wow, that's that's a lot. Have we exhausted the list yet, or is there is there we more?
1: Have, we've exhausted the list.
0: Okay. Well, those are I some
1: overwhelm people.
0: No, that's a that's a, a healthy number of things to try to boost your oxytocin which will have the benefit of increasing your sense of well-being, increasing your sense of connectedness within, because you will be the source of your own stimulation, um, as well as your connectedness to others. And uh, I'm really curious to hear from you. So if you put these oxytocin boosting practices into use in your life, um, keep track of what it, what that's like and let me know. You can find me in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. You can email me, Nelius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S at neilsatin.com Let us know and I'll make sure to, to pass this along to, uh, Jessica as well. Um, cause I think it's really helpful to hear, hear your experience and how this sort of thing has been helpful for you. And it seems obvious that Everything we've mentioned is something that you could then, you could do that with a lover, knowing what it does. You could do that with yourself as part of being with another person or just as part of your own rituals, even when we're not forced to be apart from other people. Um, that all of these things we can bring into what we do to our repertoire of, of how we enhance the way we feel in life in general to be more connected, more attuned. Yeah. I see you nodding.
1: That's beautifully stated.
0: It's powerful, powerful stuff. Well, I'm really glad that you uh, let this idea fall just so casually in a conversation that we were having, because I think it's perfect for the time that we're in right now, and I'm really excited for everyone to try this out and uh, again if you want to download the condensed version of like the cheat sheet version then definitely visit Jessica's site drjzager.com com, and uh, she has it there available for you to download you can also find out more about the work she does helping people with sexual issues um or uh, issues around gender identity, painful intercourse, et cetera. Um, And uh, thanks also, Jessica, for being willing to talk a bit more about your work as a pelvic health physical therapist. Um, I had never heard of that before when when we were talking about it, and um, so I'm going to guess that a lot of people haven't. And uh, as you mentioned, even there are many doctors who don't know that it exists, and yet... It's such a huge resource for people who are experiencing very common problems. Definitely. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I hope we do get to do another podcast about that because I think it's really important that everybody know that this exists because there are so many people suffering with issues that can really be easily treated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we will. We'll do another episode together. Um, in the meantime, if you do also want to get a transcript of this episode, visit neilsatin.com oxyboost so you can get the full transcript. And I'll also have links to Jessica's site there as well. Or you can always text the word passion to the number 33444 and follow those instructions dr jessica zager such a pleasure to have you thank you so much for offering your your inspiring wisdom and uh being willing to handle me touching myself while we spoke
1: (laughs) (laughs) always a pleasure neil it's great
0: awesome we'll have you back soon